Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah, thanks for having us back on. I appreciate that. No, thank you for coming back on. I can't believe... When did we last do it? What, about a year and a half ago? You came around and did the, uh, the the record thing. Yeah, that was like January, I think. A couple of months before everything kicked off. Yeah, yeah. Guess Didn't so, eh? feel like the world was about to end. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you still uh, are you still doing your radio show from home? I am, stuff? yeah. I am. Right from right here. How you get? Are you once a week? Yeah. Once a week, aye. It's a bit of a laugh. Uh, I didn't really take it that seriously to begin with. And I don't know if I, I do... Yeah, I'm definitely putting in my shift. I'm done 40 radio shows or something like that. And Whoa. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's good. So you just started doing it in lockdown? Was it like a thing that started up after this kicked off? Yeah, they they, uh, they got in touch. I mean, we had a bit of a relationship with them already. And then they uh, they just asked if I was interested in putting together a wee sort of, call it artists in lockdown thing. Uh, so uh, yeah, I did it. Did a couple of shows and I didn't say any swear words, so they decided to let me keep doing it it's all right and I, you know i kind of i don't prepare it at all i just uh uh on the tuesday night i remember oh i'm supposed to do a radio show and then i just sit and have, have a couple of beers and play tunes and talk shite <laughs> and it's uh it's good it's good crack so do you have the playlist prepped before it no, or do you kind of just go completely off the fly on wow. the fly basically i mean uh, I, i'll be going through through the week and we bits and pieces we ideas we songs i think oh i'll play that put it on but most of the time i'm just totally on the fly i've seen the pants very low they've asked me to do it and uh i think they know my my vibe and it's uh it's very low stakes i think uh and they, they like it so far so that's it do you have anything else like that in your life that's kind of completely creatively free like a project that you can give yourself to but there's no pressure with it you know i need to have more things that are, that are like that 
Are we start? Are we official started here? This sounds like good. good we chat. always just dive in. Okay, cool. <laughs> if we're in official mode, uh, I'll, I'll I'll put my official answering mode hat on. And uh, yeah, I, I kind of I think I need some more things like that where there's where there's no pressure or, or very little pressure, and it's just it's just a, a a fun thing because pressure can sort of eat up and kind of. Uh, uh, kind of poison things that should supposed to be cathartic and fun it's actually as a matter of fact uh getting onto the topic hand that's that's sort of what <laughs> our new song's about <laughs> broadly speaking is it's about that that kind of uh, phenomenon of pressure and overthought uh seeping into something that's supposed to be cathartic and therapeutic and good and kind of spoiling it a little bit so yeah uh, i think a, a low pressure project would be uh, would be great uh like i i keep toying with the idea of having a a brutal, brutal, horrible heavy metal project that uh, you know I just throw it <laughs> throw out in a day with a drummer, and then that'll be that'll be it. No pressure. Doesn't matter if it's good or not. A little <laughs> bit Paul Bearer esque. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean that's see that's that's really intense and uh, and well orchestrated. Uh, if I was doing something like that, if I was doing a like a Doom project, which I I also think about doing, I think I would take care that it was good and high quality. I'm talking about just like. Plug it in, turning up, sharting out some riffs, and 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 not doesn't matter if it's if it's terrible or not, just for fun, you know. That's it. There's catharsis there, and that's nice. It probably be a different kind of catharsis as well. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there's there's a, there's a catharsis in the you know producing something you're super proud of and the end product, but there's a lot of uh, turmoil and there's a war, there's a battle to get to that point. But if it's if you're just like having a completely no stakes, no pressure project, you can just fire something out. Then it's just it's just fun. But really, I suppose I should be treating my main project like that, and that's that's the truest uh, sort of manifestation of of you know soul, right? It's, it should be that it should be instantaneous expression. And once again, that's that's exactly what the, the our, our most recent song is about. And it's obviously a topic that's uh, that's quite close to the surface for me you know uh, this, this idea of pressure <laughs> spoiling these things that are supposed to be like nice and cathartic so trying to retain catharsis try and not let pressure and overthought spoil and ruin catharsis i guess pressure is inevitable though because as soon as you care you need to care about it in order for it to be good and as soon as you care about it there's going to be a pressure that comes with that yeah yeah you need to care about uh, uh, to a certain degree but certainly uh not giving a fuck to a certain degree is very very important as well is very important and uh caring caring sort of too much and overthinking is uh, is the arrow through the heart of creative expression and uh of of you know artistic catharsis definitely for sure for sure and uh it's, it's valuable to remember that you know was well that's something battle weapons was kind of addressing as well because it's something that feels kind of pretty raw and open yes, and free and yes absolutely yeah that's uh that's a project from from last last year yeah that, that was uh the bat weapons was sort of a sister project to they were both two halves of the same project was bat weapons this caveman song which is the saddest most uh serene and darkest uh bit of music that we've done and then the the polar opposite was, was just these immediate super <laughs> the term we use quite a lot i don't have a better term to describe it but it's just sharted out right this is the term we use sharted out just like <laughs> fuck, fling it out fling a canvas bang there you go there you go and uh that that is that is the catharsis and that and it's that's that's beautiful in its own sense and uh yeah the, the battle weapons are very immediate and very quickly created and there was a lot of catharsis in the creation of that because uh, a lot of the other stuff is, is painstaking and agonising to create because you're trying to 
create perfection, which is obviously never achievable. Whereas uh, something like the battle weapons uh, is is exactly an example of that. So actually, that's quite a good point. I, I never really thought about it in that way. Super, super immediate, super cathartic uh, creations. Done. Make it. Move on. You know that's that's a that's a, a, a nice tenet to be able to observe and follow if you're if you're a creative person. But very very difficult. Very very difficult for 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 uh, a lot of artists, and, and it causes them to get blocked up. The sort of pressure and overthought certainly caused me to get blocked up in a similar way. And uh, this 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 song, this uh, new new single, is uh, is a kind of an answer to that, as a as a response to that to myself. And it's like what I've realised recently is a lot a lot of the songs I'm writing are just like memos to myself to remember. Fucking Tom, stop be stop be the dick. Stop overthink things. Fucking enjoy it. <laughs> like another one would be like t- speaking to me. It's like. I, I need to leave these post-it like post-it notes for myself. You leave lying around, except it's not post-it notes. It's like I sing it, I sing the song, and then I remember. Oh yeah, that's that lesson that I learned that time that I completely forget. Uh, so that, that's that's what they all sort of start to serve as this kind of uh, reminders to myself, post-it notes to myself to you know live in the moment or stop overthinking or just fucking have a good time. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> that's the idea. Is it easier to not overthink when you when you're part of a group and you're kind of creating with other individuals? Uh, y- yes, yes. I think uh, certainly having somebody to bounce off allows you to make help, helps you make decisions quicker instead of just ruminating and overthinking one decision. Is this shit or is it good? You can just ask them and they say yes, it is shit or no, it's good, and then uh, you move you move on from there. So it, it, certainly that's that's a uh, it's a valuable thing for me and, and a sort of just. And a bouncing off way in order to make calls on something that I might otherwise sit and ruminate and agonise over for weeks. And that's actually sort of the situation I, I, I did find myself in over the over the summer, you know, because like we were completely locked down, nobody could, we couldn't get in a room together, we couldn't rehearse. So I was just here in my house, right here, just making loads, loads of demos and try, like writing lots and lots of songs, but completely solitarily, writing songs for a band, but just by myself and uh, not being able to bounce off anybody and get myself in these, uh, these agonizing decisions about something that doesn't really matter. And you know, it's, there's a, there's a certain self torture in that, right? I don't know if, uh, if there's, there's other artists that can sort of relate to that, but it's a certain self torture and just like, what should I go with this? And then just, Sticking, not not making a call in a single path, and then just, just le- get stuck in a loop. Le- yes, or leaving every possible option open to to reassessing. But if you're in a group, or if you're doing things quickly, if you're doing uh, working in a cathartic way and uh, being creative that way, it's a, a large part of the process is is being able to make a call, cutting off an option, and saying, "Right, this is where we're going." Making a call and feeling confident with it. But um, you know, without that bouncing off people, uh, I could get ca- caught in that sort of loop. And uh, as a result of that kind of um, that kind of loop, kind of cyclic thinking, my revelation at the end of that was fucking these little be tiny little bits don't matter. Really, at the end of the day, is the expression of what you're doing with a song. What I I think I'm supposed to be doing with with a, a song is for me to just fucking sing it. Just sing and ex- do a genuine expression of of uh, soulful experience and try and impart that in another person. Uh, and like all the music and all the little bits, little intricacies of the music or the arrangement, they're all just uh, it's just a platform, like a medium or, or a vehicle 
and uh, in, in which I can project this sort of soulful, instantaneous experience moment, you know. So that's uh, that's kind of the, the revelation I came to. Stop thinking about all these tiny little should I do this chord change or should I do this chord change and think about that for a week? Doesn't matter. And this this is a sort of premise that can be applied, I guess, across a lot of different things, not just like making music or listening to music. It's just anything that people derive joy or, or pleasure from, uh, but they, they can overthink it to the point that it's it's lost its value. I think this is the way I'm trying to supplant, supplant <laughs> uh, you know, relatability retrospectively on... Uh, the, my my own revelations about you know writing music. When you have that revelation though about the intricacies, maybe don't feel quite as important, and you need to kind of look past them in order to get to something genuine. How does that impact the momentum of your writing process and the kind of speed at which you're moving at? It immediately becomes faster. Uh, and for example, with this this song, uh, I mean, I, I feel like I'm I keep I, I'm coming back to it all the time here, <laughs> like a like a, a a true person on a campaign trail. And just uh, back back to the so this song that, that we're releasing. Uh, very soon. Is that but also because it's in your mind, though? It's also in mind. Out? Yeah, I've just come come from a hair salon. I've just uh, it's definitely on mind. I've been basically selling this uh, track with with press releases to millions of people who don't want them uh, uh, for the past three weeks. So yeah, it's very very much in the forefront of, the, of my mind. Yeah, the 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 process becomes immediately more succinct and, and faster as long as I keep to that kind of premise of uh, of of just making a call and running with it and feeling confident with it. Um and just just focusing on what's what's the important element of, of it, which is me being able to sing a song, um with you know guts and soul, and uh yeah it's it's all it's all come about from I'm talking about Super Soul, a Soul Vehicle, a new single from Tom Guerrero Brassels out on the twelfth of March, <laughs> available for all, all streaming platforms. I'm talking about this song, right? Uh, it's actually it's come about the revelation that we're talking about. Uh, it, it sort of came about when I was in the midst of this sort of creative turmoil and getting all tied up in knots and 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 uh, you know agonising over tiny little decisions and just losing losing perspective of what's the important part. It was around about a year ago, and it was uh, it was actually Bill Weathers passed away. Um, so Bill Weathers is obviously one of the classics, one of the greats, and um, you know I've always been a big fan of his, and uh, it was obviously sad to hear. But you know, um, I, you know, I know a lot about about him. I've, I'd watched the documentary before, but there was a lots of sort of um, testimonials or, or whatever you want to call them uh, on 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 the internet or on television. Sort of what's what's that word when they talk about a person who's just died, uh, like at the end of the news? I know what you mean. It's like a retrospective of their life. Yeah, wh- whatever it is, I'm sure. I, I don't know what the fra- I don't know what the yeah, the exact phrase. Is. Well, we we can find the word and then you can uh, edit it in later. <laughs> I'm saying it right now. So there was lots of seamless. There was lots of about Bill Withers at the time, and uh, <laughs> there's one thing that was 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 popping out to me. It's like Bill Withers wrote, wrote loads and loads and loads of rad songs, and he did lots of really soulful, good, important music. But a lot of it really wasn't complex at all. And uh, he was talking. He was on a chat show. Maybe it was Parkinson's or something like that talking about his guitar players like I, he's like I don't know how to play guitar I don't know how to play guitar I mean I just I just I just play I know exactly as much as I need to in order to accompany myself and sing a song you know what I mean and that was just struck me like that's that's it that's it he's right and that's what I should be doing I should just be doing what I need to do to provide myself accompaniment in order to be able to fucking take what's in my soul and blast it out if people are listening um or not listening but 
at the very least it's for me to to expound that and if people then catch that and hopefully receive something beneficial from it that's good but that's where the catharsis is for me and hopefully i think the valuable enjoyment is for other people so just stripping all back thinking right i don't need to worry about all this complicated stuff bill withers didn't worry about it he just did what he needed to do made the simplest music you needed to do got a sick band behind him to just play it super grooving and then just sang well honestly uh and and uh, authentically and and legitimately from his, his soul and that uh, that's that rang true for me so that's what happened with this song i was just uh i said right okay well whenever I find myself going off on a wee tangent of, of harmonic intricacy or get myself in a wee, a wee path, I'm just going to stop myself and say, no, this one's got to be simple. Sim- so I was like, I'm keeping this one simple. I'm making a point of keeping this one simple, get myself back on track in order to just like have it be a, 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 a some sort of union between me and the universe through song. You know what I mean? But obviously that's quite a, quite a highfalutin way to talk about it. But you know what I'm saying? Everything else is just yeah. merely a vehicle, and that's what the song became. The song became about the the song being a vehicle for for me to just fucking explode my soul out to people, um, and that's it. So so the writing process, I, I just I made rules for myself. It's got to be simple. Okay, it's really super simple chord sequence, probably the sim- simplest one I've I've made a song out of, and uh, that's that's good and valuable. Uh, because, uh, as I said, it's merely a, a, a platform, a jumping-off point for me to to get rad. You know what I mean? <laughs> do what you're saying there with it being a simple chord sequence. Do the number of chords in a song direct the melody in any they way? They can do. They can do. I mean, quite. I think quite often when when, when I'm writing that, I, I do start with a, a a guitar thing or a chord sequence. And then build on top of that, then see if there's some sort of melody or some sort of lyric that I can sing over the top. And if there is something that jumps out at me, then okay, well, maybe I'll start with the chorus and then that, that'll be me away. And if nothing, if I can't really get anything to stick over the top of it, then no matter how rad the riff is, no matter how grooving the thing is, like if I can't get a song over the top of it, there's, there's no point, so it gets, gets shit canned. So yeah, there's got to be a, there's got to be a song over the top. Because I think that's 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 the important thing. A lot, a lot. I guess a lot of music that's in the same vein as, as our music is. There's not really s- meaningful songs there, and I guess that's what I've, I've always tried to do is have sick, fucking instrumental, uh, super grooving stuff, but also like a real song about a real thing that matters, and it's not just about dancing or you know shagging or whatever other funk songs are about. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's, it's about it's about the stru- that the intrinsic struggles of uh, of being a man in the twentieth century or whatever century it is. Do you approach every song individually? Because when you look at your record, there's kind of this interlocking, interweaving thing going on. There's a lot of ideas crossing over, and they're all kind of feeding into each other. Is it a different process when you're coming at a single like this as one song, or was it written as a body? You of know what? Uh, work? Yeah, I, I think that. I, I mean, over the over the summer, I've uh, have written thirty or forty songs. Woo. For, yeah I mean like not all of them are good some of them are shite let's be honest but um, <laughs> but uh, so, so like from, from them uh, uh, there'll, there's there's an album's worth in there definitely that we're working on with the with the band to, to get it. we're going to be just releasing singles throughout the year and hopefully um, pull them together in an album at some point yeah if they're, if they're all written in a big batch like that then whatever struggles whatever things I'm thinking about or going through uh, they all kind of knit together and uh, it does 
there does become a sort of conceptual thread that runs through them and you know I, I, I'm not writing, I'm not sitting down and writing one song okay write this one song that's that done now I'll move on to the next one it's like for a, a, a number of a, a month or six months or even a year I've just got like 10 or 15 different songs at various stages of development all floating about waiting to get fucking finished or seen to so um, yeah there's a lot of crossover a lot of crossover themes and, and even terminology so yeah from one song to the next it'll re- reference the same the same metaphor for the same thing that's sort sort of half consciously doing that but then after the fact I can say well okay but actually this these you know I've got I've got like a four four songs I think that all could exist as a sort of you know a preconceived suite right I mean, I don't know if I'll actually be able to put them out. Still, that seems too too pretentious. But they're all more or less about the same, broadly speaking, uh, a similar kind of topic, which is like have, having conversations with myself at various stages of my life from different perspectives. You know, like I've got, you know, I've got one where I'm talking to a version of myself of a couple of years ago who had written a notebook, like, you know, knowing that I would read the notebook again, writing a notebook saying. Right, Tom in the future, have you fucking worked out? Because I'm fucked here. This is this is all this is all a mess. Don't know what I'm doing. And then I then went back and read that, and I was you know basically started a dialogue with myself. So I got a song about that. Then I got another song about uh, you know the the eighty year old version of myself looking back at me now, clouded and overthought, and not really ever in the moment because I'm too busy worrying about you know fucking Instagram or some bullshit and uh, so that there's there's that there's another <laughs> basically and then there's another couple other songs that are all all in the same idea of of looking and conversing with past or future versions of myself you know crossing over each other and, and, and knitting together to form some sort of big weird trans-dimensional temporal uh, identity spaghetti <laughs> <laughs> we're getting a little bit Kurt Vonnegut yeah, absolutely. Yeah, actually, I'm I'm reading. Uh, we, do we speak about Kurt Vonnegut once before? I guess we did. Yeah, I think we touched upon the reference to him. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually reading the reading the Kurt Vonnegut book uh, now, uh, and maybe that's why I'm um some of the shit that's coming out of my mouth is so bonkers. <laughs> I, I I can't wait to hear what like I, I may have to look at look back at the audio of what I've just said there and see if it, it makes any sort of sense. Sounded good when I was saying it, but well, I don't know. That makes sense. No. no. <laughs> what you were saying there though about your younger self, you know, writing in the notebook. Mm. Were you asking your future self questions? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. I was, um, I guess, at a time of uh, particular, uh, particular feeling of of lostness and not knowing what what the point was in, in anything. And is is there is there anything but futility? And uh, you know, I, I just basically addressed it to myself, and then left the next page blank, and then completely forgot about it for a number of years you know I, I just happened to revisit it at a time where I, I was pretty much killing it you know we the band was doing good we just released the, the debut record and we'd, we'd we'd sold out the QMU so I was like on a high I was thinking great good I'm doing something I've been taking a risk with my life and I'm doing something good with it and it's it's pretty it's pretty killer and uh, I, I came across this notebook again and uh, it was like sitting across from my, myself and having a conversation with myself and trying to comfort my poor downtrodden past self but uh and see you know it's everything's gonna be everything's gonna be fine you end up fucking pulling it together it's all cool but then since that even since then 
this is the thing. So I sort of wrote that song a little bit, but then since then I've had, you know, in the past year or two, you know, things happen and I just have a fucking another dip and it's okay. Well, actually it's not so good, but then I come back up again. So I had to go back and rewrite that song again from a third perspective. So uh, this is uh, this is it. So it's, it's actually a pretty, I think this is a song that's going to come out in summer uh, and it's a, uh, it's a quite optimistic song, right? Cause it's, it's quite, but it's very tempered, you know. The first, the first version I wrote was like the the vibe was, uh, everything. Listen, everything's going to be all right. And this is what I was just screaming from the mountaintops. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be just fine, right? And that was the first version. And then since I've had to go back, go back and revisit it, the the sentiment is very much now. Everything's going to be all right, more or less, like some of the time at least, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's become, it's become, it's become less of a everything's going to work out just fine forever. It's going to be like, it's going to be okay, but then it's going to go back down again and then it's going to go up and down, but it's okay because when it's low, it's going to get back up again because it's been down and up a few times before and it'll do it again. You know what I mean? So that's it. That's, that's it. That's, that's going to be, that's going to be one we're dropping the summer and hopefully it'll be, uh, hopefully it'll be well received. It's not just going to go way over people's heads, but uh, that's what I mean. Like uh, that's, that's one of these these songs that's, that's going to act as a, a, a sort of, post-it note for me every time I sing it just to remember ah if I'm a, if I'm in a fucking shit zone well I've been in shit zones before and come back up and it's you know I've, I've even I was at the lowest point I thought it could be and then a number of years later I was absolutely killing it and then I'll go down again and I thought oh that's you can't possibly oh this is it this is it can't get any lower than this well I've been low before and come back up and it crushed it so I crushed it before and maybe I'll crush it again you know what I mean so that's uh, that's that's the that's that's the ethic of the songs. That's the message I'm spitting out to other people. You'll be all right again. But it's also it's for me to hear again and remind myself. Oh shit, that's right. So that's 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 it. That's what I mean about the the songs being kind of post-it notes for me to remember how to live. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds a little bit like what Caveman was about too. Yes, kind of in a similar thematic territory. Yes, yes, and that's another. Actually, that's true. That's another one that um come came back to it twice over. Uh, you know, a couple of years. I mean, it's been a while since I thought about that one, but certainly that that is that is talking to a, a different version. It's not less less of a sort of temporal version of myself, like a, less of a manifestation in time, but just uh, speaking to the the sadder self, which is always there. It's rather uh, it's it's an acknowledgement of the of both versions of of oneself simultaneously, and to, like try not to ignore that other version. Who, who needs care when it, things are good. So that's it. It's acknowledge, acknowledging and accepting that part of one's self and the duality of, of hu- human condition or something like that. What prompted you to embrace that? Was it like an experience that kind of drove you to that revelation? I th- it might have been... It might have been uh, that's this- kind of a song that... That song's kind of written from a point of reflection, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like it's written once you've already gotten to that point. I think it's maybe, uh, maybe that's came about maybe from the similar sort of up down the peak and trough nature of of well, certainly my life. I'm sure everyone's got it too, to a certain degree. But that kind of uh, when when I, when things are high, I've, everything's flying high. There may be a tendency to just like first of all ignore the fact that things were shit or deny it. Or, or even be embarrassed about it, be embarrassed or ashamed about it, which is uh, is 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 a, an error. I think you you can't 
ignore that version of yourself because it is still you and uh, maybe you again um and i guess when things are good it, it it's still time to sort of do some preparation work for when it might be shite again so i think that's that's the sort of the ethic behind that one and i think I, yeah that hopefully that's the, the broad message that I've, I've got across people do not not uh, invalidate or be ashamed of that those parts of themselves which cause them to be fucking pretty grimly miserable because that that that's a per- that that person uh, is perhaps the version of you that needs the most care the most love and yeah that was that was it so everyone's talking about self love and self care and when you're you know you're in a good mood everything's fine it's like oh cool i feel good i'm going to have a bath i'm going to take care of myself when you feel shite about yourself you think fucking you feel shite and worthless then you know you're incapable of that sort of uh, self care you you you're just hating yourself you're it's self loathing rather than self care so if somebody's got to care for that person it's got to be the the per- the version of you that is, is okay that is capable of that sort of self care because if you're in a self loathing self a worthlessness sort of zone you're, you're not capable so the other version has to do it. at least some preparatory work for that um poor downtrodden worthless version of 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 oneself it's interesting though cuz you look at that in the video too yeah like in terms of the way that you'll place two very similar basically parallel images in different contexts it's the same thing when you're in that headspace an experience could happen to you when you're feeling like shit and it seems awful the same experience could happen to you when you're feeling happy and it feels okay absolutely yeah yeah that's that's uh, that's a, a good reading of that yeah i mean um, yeah that's a that's a good video i'm, I'm very proud of that video uh it's it, there's it's quite an ambitious thing and uh, um, uh, it's, it's a good people piece of work I'm, I'm glad it's out there and, and will be there until you know youtube finishes but uh yeah that's exactly it. it's two two parallel <laughs> two parallel versions of the same same person one outwardly outgoing and happy and good and the other one looking like shit and really miserable and gray and sallow eyed uh but both more or less going through uh similar experiences parallel side by side split screen and yeah that, that, that's one reading of it uh that the same experiences could be had by you know different versions of the same person but also another another possible angle of it i can't i can't remember if this is what i was aiming for but it's definitely an interpretation i'm thinking about now is that the sort of happy rad version the the guy in the the pink suit just looking like he's killing it to also recognize that that could be that could be a a front you know that's this is just an outward thing and within that uh super outwardly outgoing thing the they're they're not there could be there. There is also almost certainly a, a great sadness there lurking just underneath. You know, it's a tear, the sort of tears of the clown thing. You know, I'm, I, I remember I was sort of struggling at the time because I was out, seen as this outgoing, vicious, uh, you know, bodacious character, fucking pink suit, foot on the monitor, screaming in front of a room of people. Ah! Right, but actually, you know, you know, there's there's a great turmoil, great rootless sadness in there somewhere. But that would never, that would never be recognized or acknowledged so i guess maybe that was me doing a doing a sort of well you know the people who are going vivacious you know maybe keep an eye on them too because there's there's probably there might well be something really shit going right underneath the surface that but some of the most vivacious characters are the ones that have got the, the heavy most heavy duty shit going on robin williams stuff that's like that, exactly yeah. who i was thinking of there that's yeah that's it that's it i can't remember uh, th- th- that might have been a 
that may be might have been a, a a sort of stimulus for that song at some point in writing. I can't remember, but that's definitely it. That's that that sort of uh, Tears of the Clown. Yeah, exactly. It was. It's interesting though because that's kind of the song written in terms of the kind of soundscape of that song. It feels like it's written from the point of view of the person who's maybe slightly more downtrodden on the outside. But then a few months later, after it comes out, you put up Rise Up. Yeah. Which is essentially kind of looking at it in parallel from the person on the happy side of things, or who's vivacious on the outside, like you say. Actually, that's that's another one. Uh, <laughs> uh, rise, rise up! Not a lot of people have talked about that. It was sort of, it's sort of, it's a quite a low key release. Obviously, it was like a uh, thanks for mentioning it though, because I want people to know about it and hear it, and uh, I, I don't think a vast majority have because uh, it's sort of a, a lockdown release. We did it all in lockdown and sort of recorded it all remotely and uh, made the video as such. But that's actually that's so it's a super upbeat like it's like a Huey Lewis and the News song, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like that. It's super vibrant, super neon, high energy like that. Uh, but <laughs> that's another one. It's super super dark. That's, that's another that's another angle in that. Like I've been doing, I guess the whole time I've been sort of doing writing quite dark songs, but uh, uh, hidden in sort of high energy. Uh, funk and then the caveman battle this thing I, I separated the two things I separated them one was just like oh, explicitly dark and one was explicitly no fr- no fr- no holds barred light and that the rise up one is a uh, is as a different sort of version it's basically some of the darkest lyrics that I've ever written so grim so hardcore gnarly dark but delivered fucking hyperactively uh, joyously uh, like some of it some of the lyrics in there are just absolutely brutal. Uh, like th- these, these are lyrics that I think I diffused. I diffused them because I re- like I've 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 went through notebooks of of like dark times and I've selected some of the gnarliest fucking lyrics that I could find and then took them out and pasted them into this super happy song to sort of diffuse them. To sort of to sort of diffuse that super darkness I had gives you a power over them yeah a sort of to sort of have power over them to sort of uh, acknowledge them but at the same time diffuse them yeah so the ra- the, the whole section of the section says rise up da, 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 rise up and it's like uh, it's like a call and response super it sounds super um, uplifting and, and engaging it's like okay we're gonna rise up everyone's gonna be uh, fine, but the rise up. What I'm saying is, is rise up is addressing some sort of horrible metaphysical monster from the depths of the unknown to come up and you know obliterate me with its transdimensional teeth because I don't want to exist anymore. <laughs> that's what that's going on in that song. I've forgotten about this. Forgotten about this. It's so so fucking dark, but I've I've snuck it in the most happy song. Rise up and obliterate me. Rise up and uh, delete me from history <laughs> man rise up so i can be free i don't i don't want to cease but to have never been <laughs> this fucking heavy shit man that's the heaviest shit that's what i'm saying like i, I found the heaviest shit that i wrote and put it in this ultra saccharine neon pink song and that's that's what's going on there. <laughs> do you do you notice quite a big difference in your songwriting voice depending on what state you're in the upstate or the downstate in the downstate, I, I sort of struggle to, to really write in the downstate, but I, I, I can write things and have thoughts and then, you know, I, I then, when, when I've got the motivation and the energy to be artistic or creative, then that's when I, I'm able to 
draw from that and put it into so maybe that's why the, the songs come out like that because I, I write these gnarly fucked things and then later on when I'm jamming out and having a good time I'm like what well, I'm going to sing maybe some of this fucking super dark shit <laughs> that's certainly that's the that's what happened with that one in extremity in extremity for sure like my god the lyrics and that so I can't like I kind of wanted more people to delve into it and like try and read the lyrics because if they get delve, delve into the lyrics and, and read them, they'd just be like, what the fuck, man? Take this guy to hospital. <laughs> well, it's because Rise Up in itself has got so many positive connotations. Yeah, yeah. That's the idea of trying to get out of that dark place, but you've reappropriated that in a... Absolutely, yeah. That's it. <laughs> in the that's opposite it. direction. That's I'm, I'm calling for, for some sort of trans-dimensional beast to come up from the depths. Some rise up, creature. Monster. Yeah, yeah. Rise up, creature, and obliterate me from history. That's what the rise up's referring to. <laughs> I've, I've not thought about that song for quite some time. Um, but uh, 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 thanks for reminding me about it. <laughs> if, if your listeners haven't heard it, you should check it out. It's... it's <laughs> it's uh, it's it's not in Spotify, so maybe that's why a lot of people haven't really heard it. It's just a it's just a Bandcamp YouTube thing because we recorded it. Good video though, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a cool video. So check check that one out if you're up for some quite um quite explicitly explicitly extremely dark uh, uh, subject matter, but delivered in the the most high octane stupid funk you've ever heard. <laughs> a lot of dancing as well in that video. Yeah, a lot of dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And some Where doom, did... and some doom as well. I put some doom in there, just shoehorn some. Need doom. a little bit of doom. <laughs> Where did the phrase "super solid soul vehicle" come from? When did that arrive? At what point in the process? I think it was. Uh, I, I think I've been toying around with that with, with that idea for some time. You know, I'm talking about the the, the idea of it being a ve- the song as 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 a vehicle for me to express myself. And uh, that's that's its sole purpose is uh, is 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 as an, an instrument. It's uh, it's a tool. Uh, but I guess I I've been thinking about that for some time. You know, like uh, playing gigs, like pub gigs and stuff like that with a with a wee trio, and we were always trying to play quite gnarly, fusiony, hard stuff or, or jam out some stuff that was quite technical and hard. But it wasn't really. I was having to focus too much, and I couldn't just like feel the soul and sing it. And I was like, oh, I just need, I need something like just a super solid soul thing, you know, just like something, something uh, I can sink my teeth into. Fucking eighty-four B- BPM, sink my teeth into, and just, just have that. And uh, that, that's the, that's that, that idea. I sort of uh, reanimated that idea after I had the sort of the Bill Withers revelation that I mentioned, and that's uh, that's that's where that came from, yeah. How like fresh were the feelings from his passing when you? I mean, you mentioned the revelation you had earlier. Was that something that came very directly after? Well, I think it's uh, something I had. Uh, I mean, I definitely knew that I, I was getting myself into like a a, a pickle, and I was uh, I was it was rumi- ruminating too much and overthinking some stuff, and getting myself in a a lot of spirals like that. And I I, I was aware of that. I was just struggling to get out of it. That was the nature of lockdown. So I guess this is a lockdown song, but it was a, it was the nature of lockdown. I didn't have people to bounce off, and I was just I was getting myself in that sort of pickle. But I wasn't able to pull myself out. But it was that that sort of stimulus there, um, that thing about him playing what, as well as he needed to be able to play in order to uh, have a, have a company for him to express himself through his singing. And that's why I, primarily I should be a, I should be a singer. In fact, uh, actually, this is cool. Uh, right in my wall here. 
be a singer. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it, that used to be used to be a like purple pen, but it's been faded. I, I, I put that up on my wall, more or less uh, around about the same sort of time. I was just like too busy trying fucking making big rad you know fusion arrangements, and then I was like, I'm supposed to be a fucking singer. I was just supposed to be singing. That's the main thing I, that, that I can probably give to other people and also uh, offer catharsis for myself is through singing. And uh, I just wasn't doing it because I was too busy doing this other fucking bullshit arrangement. Uh, so I put, posted that up on the wall so I could remember. And, uh, and then I, I wrote this song also so I could remember. And hopefully maybe it's, it's got some sort of uh, broader spectrum re- relatability for other, other um, kind of applications <laughs> why not when did you find your voice as a singer I had a band uh, in high school and uh, we had a singer and but then we, we we got rid of the singer for whatever reason and uh, nobody else wanted to sing so I was like okay I better sing so then I started to sing and it was obviously terrible I've got I've got CDs of it it's fucking it's pretty dire I'll send you one actually I've got one of the very first CDs I'll send you one <laughs> uh, the band's called the band was called Irrelevant what's the name of your band uh, the name of our band is Irrelevant you know that was the fucking thing <laughs> so anyway I was a singer of that and uh, I was sort of forced to sing and uh, I was alright then I joined the gospel choir I joined the Glasgow gospel choir for a bit for a bit of a lark and uh, then then I sort of found I sort of found my voice there a little bit I was like okay shit I, I can actually sing I guess singing in a group there's a block uh, there's a barrier I believe everyone can sing right but there's a barrier there's some sort of social restraint that stops them from piping up loudly in public or anything like that and that's what uh, that's what holds a lot of people back but then if you uh, it was a choir for me uh, the whole room of people are all singing so then you sing and you just start belting out so that's where I sort of found my my, my, my actual uh, voice and uh, just started singing actually properly but it's only maybe in the last two or three years that I've actually tried to uh, you know have good technique I mean I've been always doing gigs I was always the past four or five years doing doing gigs or busking and just being a whooping and hollering hollering guy just shouting no technique ah giving it that but it's only the past couple of years that I've I've tried to delve into actual good technique and you know I, I don't really feel uh, silly about just calling myself primarily a singer and you know like a a quality with technique behind them singer and that's that's cool but yeah I guess it was it was singing in a gospel choir. Uh, just for the crack uh, th- that's it singing as part of a group is good fun and a big big harmony group and it's uh, it, that's where I got got going I think yeah there's more of a direct structure there as well like what you were saying there about singing in public there's more of a safety net almost yeah because uh-huh, you can you can hide away you can hide away and that's okay <laughs> but then that, that, that allows you to sort of emerge because it's uh, I guess it's, there's, there's all sorts of unspoken and uh, unconscious social barriers that you're just exploding through if you're if you're trying to sing in public you know it's a uh, uh, I get it I get it. people are reluctant to do it and and I, I, I do get that but I, I guess I managed to to break through that barrier some time ago and uh, I've forgotten what it's like but the thought the thought of standing up in front of people and singing uh, is is absolutely uh, unthinkable to a lot of people and I get that I get that completely it's just breaking down that barrier and then actually doing it, uh, and then 
the, gain a little confidence. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. But the, the riches that you can get from singing is it's it's definitely one of the 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 best and most cathartic things and enjoyable and enriching things that I can do if if I only allow myself to do it and don't fucking put stupid blocks in my way, which I do and have done, right? <laughs> I, I may have got to go over the social block, but then there's some other fucking block that I could put myself put put in front of myself. So singing feels fucking good, uh, even if you're if you're not good at it. If you're just that release, that sort of why are we singing the shower. Exactly, yeah. Singing in the shower, singing in the car. Boy, by the way, as soon as I got a car, I started to become significantly better at singing. There's something about singing in the car. Uh, I think we spoke about this a little last time, I think I remember, yeah. Yeah, it's just like the, the true safety. Because even in the shower, I suppose people downstairs can hear you or whoever lives in the in the flat with you can hear you. But if you're in your car, you're in a soundproof booth of, of, of metal and speed. And even if anybody can hear you, you can just turn the corner away. It's uh, yeah, it's that, that that's it. So b- being able to break through that barrier is is a, a very enriching and, and a rewarding thing. And singing is feels great. And I, I urge everyone to fucking try and do it because it, it it gives me a, a a fucking lot. As I said, if I allow myself to actually do it, that's what I mean. Sometimes you need to need a vehicle. You need some sort of platform to do it i saw a guy the other day actually the other week was kind of walking past and he drove past in his car and he was absolutely belting yeah out the walls to something as he was going yeah, past it like <laughs> quite right what's the how would you compare the catharsis of singing against dancing is that a similar thing oh absolutely yeah absolutely uh it's a it's a, it's a release of inhibition isn't it but i mean i think maybe for for many people, it's easier to express himself through dancing. I mean, I, I think uh, there's there's a lot of technique in, in singing, and but then to to be able to really express yourself and feel that you can actually express yourself in a, a unique and and exciting way, it takes a bit of time, a bit of more confidence. But dancing, anybody can get up and dance like right away. And uh, it's that immediate, uh, and and then do their own move, and then that's them. It's it's everyone's got immediate expression uh, of themselves available to them immediately, like that. So I think maybe yeah, you can definitely compare them, but perhaps dancing for those who aren't afraid of dancing, of course, because that's the thing too. Uh, that's uh, I think that's perhaps a, a more accessible self-expression method. Dance is fucking great as well, man. That's dancing is fucking great as well. That's this. This is another rev- revelation. One of the revelations I, I came came to is like, well, everything's if you know if if everything's feeling fucking shit and flat and there's no experience being had, and you're like fucking, what's the what's the point? And I got, I'm not getting anything. Dance. I'm not getting anything from anything. Even you know, but you know, si- singing and dancing are always quite reliable. But I, I, I sometimes realise that I ha- haven't danced. For fucking like months, I've not yeah months and months and months, uh, and because maybe there's not an opportunity for it, but it's but if it's missing, certainly or singing as well, if one of these things which is uh, you know you take for granted, if it, it all of a sudden goes missing, then you don't know what what's wrong, but something's missing, something's wrong, and you think what could it be? And it might be dancing, maybe you've not fucking danced like danced around like a dickhead for. A couple of months, right? Because the pubs or clubs haven't been open. Dancing's fucking good. An immediate <laughs> inhibition, uh, crushing, barrier-destroying, uh, uh, genuine, instantaneous 
authentic piece of human experience. And so was singing. So yeah, both both of those things are in the same category, I think. You know, when you learn those vocal techniques, so you sang a couple of years ago, you kind of started to work it in more of a conscious way. Yeah. Did that impact the catharsis of it at all? Not really. Well, I mean, it, it allows me a little bit more of a robust set of tools to express myself, I guess. So I, I, I can do more things with more regularity than uh, than before. But I mean, it, it's, it's it's not... It's not certainly not deflated it. It's, it's certainly that's something that can happen. I think if you learn learn too much theory or you learn too much practice an instrument too much, you can uh, you can lose lose sight of it because you're quite intellectual elements of it. But you're giving I, yourself tools to overthink. Exactly. Oh yeah. Well, well put for sure. But uh, in terms of just technique and practice, that's just mus- musculature. That's the, the sort of vocal training is just uh, developing and strengthening. Uh, the muscles that are required to do rad shit with your voice uh, reliably and without hurting yourself. So yeah, no, it's uh, that's that. I'd put it in a different category from like practicing an instrument or pra- learning theory. It's just uh, so it's like if you like skateboarding or cycling, then you train your muscles to do it so you can do it more regularly and better. So yeah, I'm, I've got more more tools in the in the bag that are available to me that I know I can pick out. And it's not just going to be like, oh, I'll try and hit this note and at 50-50, I can get it, but let's try. Uh, I, I can be a, a little bit more uh, confident that I'll smash, smash it out. And that's nice. When you're jamming with the band, though, is that a conscious thing? Or does it just happen innately? Does it kind of just, you know? Yeah, we, a, a lot of the songs, a lot of the sort of music for the songs comes comes out of jamming. And uh, certainly sometimes just jamming, make, making up stuff. I, I will also sing, I'll just make up some stuff. And that's that's where some of this, some songs have, have come out of is just me um, spraffing some stuff on the spot. And uh, yeah, that's, that's I, I sort of pride myself on my ability to do that. Yeah, that, that's where some of the good stuff comes out for sure. But then, uh, in terms of the actual composed songs, the songs that are actually written and, and made, I, I've I've kind of consciously left them kind of open, open ended, so I can, yeah, I can I can riff a bit and I can express myself like differently every time I, I, I do it, you know. Because um, like, yeah, getting back to that same point again, it's like the I think my job in this facet as a singer on this type of music is to uh do unique and instantaneous expressions of fucking guts and life uh through sing singing and uh and if 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 I've got something a little bit open ended and I can do a bit more riff and I, and I can sing it differently every time or feel it differently every time then that's uh that's what I'll do if it's important to leave it open ended in that department when is resolution important in your music and when is it important to tie something up? Oh yeah, I mean the, narr- the narrative of each song is, remains uh, consistent. That's 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 told. I'm talking about melodically and just uh, expressively. There's 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 so many there's so many different variables uh, that I could do differently each time I, I do a, a song, you know. And I've that's a purposeful thing. It, it allows me to to have each performance of a song be unique and uh, instantaneous and and true and uh, its own thing every time it's still, it's still the same song I'm still singing the same song but uh, for me I'm feeling it the same 
feeling it differently and and experience it differently every single time when it comes to like expressive arts of of any sort but uh i think uh, be being a singer is that is that's your job is to do that it's kind of like what we were saying earlier when you were speaking about writing the new single how you had to give yourself some rules before you could kind of progress with it it's a similar thing that in order to keep the song alive you need space but you need to put down rules within which you can kind of yeah exactly exactly yeah yeah Yeah. for sure for sure i mean uh uh, you know the 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 opposite extreme of that the the further the further extreme of that is like jazz songs were uh super open ended they'll have they'll have a very rough form they'll have like a a head section and then they'll have a a A and a b section and then the whole middle of it they'll just do whatever the fuck they want and then they'll 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 they'll, uh, maybe hit the head again at the end and that's a sort of traditional way some jazz songs work that's a situation where the 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 boundaries the sort of rules within which the uh the confines in which the the whole piece is put together are very loose very open very very loose and uh and the opposite end of this scale is is just like a, a pre-recorded piece of electronic music where it's uh it's uh, there's no room for for moving. It's, it's completely closed, and that's fine too. So yeah, it's a, there was some point closer, I guess, closer to jazz on that scale. Uh, but they they most certainly not jazz. Uh, I I can I can I can uh, I can uh, hold my head up and say yes, this is this is jazz because I, I <laughs> yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't get away with it. But certainly there's uh, there's it's on the more expressive part. I think that's what I think that's what soul singing is. If I can, if I can, hopefully, maybe I can claim that, or or close <laughs> to that. Hopefully, I can claim that without uh, too much embarrassment. But uh, in that in that realm, I think that's that's it's the singer's freedom there, singer's freedom to 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 give it all and and express each and every time uh, a viable, instantaneous slice of true humanity. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what you've just been saying there about jazz, you can kind of apply that to a lot of things. There's a parallel between what we, we've just been doing. Like, we've got a new single that we need to speak about, but within the context of that, we can kind of talk about whatever we want to, and the conversation can go wherever it pleases. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, what what we are doing right now, I suppose, is jazz, kind of ver- ver- <laughs> variable jazz. Whereas if we were do- if we were doing a if we were doing a rehearsing a play. That would be a play, wouldn't it? <laughs> Sorry, I lost it. I lost it. I lost it. Forget. It. I was uh, I was reading an interview with Kanye today, actually, where he said that he believes that conversation is the weakest form of communication, and that nonverbal form of communication is far more powerful. True. I mean, the, you you could you could argue that, that that is a valid point. I don't think Kanye probably backed it up with any sort of uh, uh, you know robust reasoning or or argument he probably just said it and then moved on to something else <laughs> well he's got a mind that's gonna go on like that that's it he? that's it you know he's uh it's scattergun you know i've, I've got time for i've got time for kanye i'm not a i'm not a, a a guy who thinks kanye's fucking completely off his nut and has nothing to say he's got a lot of things to say but he's got a hundred other things that are fuck. he's got what one or two and a hundred uh things he says are probably genius and the rest are fucking absolute fucking nonsense tripe right but that's fine that's fine because uh you know that that's that's the way he works he's uh he's making calls like say like i was talking before it's like 
artistic thing is just making a call, making a decision on something and then just being confident and moving on. That's what he's doing every two seconds with a fucking mad idea. Mad idea, mad idea, mad idea. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Genius. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Genius. You know what I mean? I think I think there's something there. Yeah, but it's, I, I find them very hard to... to like I, you had the, the, the Joe Rogan podcast with him. I found it. I found it very hard to to list all that. And I was just like, "Fucking, I had enough. It's exhausting." <laughs> but um, I, you know, I've, I, maybe I, the reason he muses upon that with conversation is because you're saying they're like his ratio is two good ideas out of a hundred in conversation. After that, musically, yeah. it's probably the other way around, though. Musically, well, there's two bad ideas out of a hundred. Well, I mean, uh, we don't know what he hasn't released. You know what I mean? That's a fair point. I think I think his output is probably vast, and uh, what you hear is uh, is 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 like the good stuff, the the cream of the crop. Although saying that, some of the stuff he does release is fucking tripe. A lot of it is great and genius, and I stand I'm into that. I can I can I can get behind the genius is getting chucked around a lot with with him, but I can I can uh, get behind it with some of it. It is it is pioneering good work, and that that's important. But some of it's fucking tripe, tripe, isn't it? <laughs> I mean that the the uh, G- Jesus is Lord album the blue one is that what it's called the most the yeah. most most recent one I mean uh, that 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 wasn't I, I don't think that was a good record I, but, I mean who, who the fuck am I to say who who am I to say you know I, I think get- it's difficult because it's so short like I think if you put that as an AP that's a really solid kind of statement and body of work it's just not it doesn't have what we've come to expect from him as an album because usually his things are kind of so vast and big kind of grand statements and this is a little bit more concise but it's maybe it's still kind of saying I don't know I, mean, I, I thought it was uh, I thought it was alright like, I like it's, it's good because of all the the sick sick choir action right but yeah. that's uh, that's it's hard to really say that that's him that's his input other than saying alright I want a choir here and then says to someone sort me out a choir and, and not, like all those sick arrangements all those choir arrangements like he's not done them that's, that's somebody else's art He's always kind of worked like that, though, with like twenty writers on every song. Yeah, no, but he, you know, for the vast majority, I think he sort of pro- he certainly produces uh, a lot of it. But when it comes to the good bit about that record, um, is that there's there's super super sick choir arrangements, and it might as well be a choir album, which you know Kanye has commissioned and then put his name on. You know what I mean? And then some like fucking dodgy raps over anyway i don't i don't really know i don't really know a great i don't really know a great deal about kanye i feel like i'm i'm uh, unqualified here but uh old kanye is good no it's interesting <laughs> old, old kanye you is think good. of him more as a designer then than someone who's kind of making everything straight from the the off or like, almost like an architect or an assembler the way that you're saying that he's able to pluck ideas from and kind of assemble everyone creatively together well i, d- I think in that <laughs> Some of the projects, but I, I, as far as I'm aware, he still does makes a lot of his his beats. Although I really don't know what the fuck I'm talking about with Kanye, but uh, I, I think I don't know. I don't know what he is now. Don't know what he is now. <laughs> he is prolific. He makes a lot of stuff, and was there was he also says he's going to release lots of albums and then and doesn't, and that's become like a meme, hasn't it? <laughs> uh, are you are you a Kanye guy? Are you all all up in all up in the Kanye action or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was kind of Pete Kanye. Like, when I was growing up, he was dropping some of his best work as I was a teenager. Like, I'm 19, so, like, when I'm kind of going into high school, you've got kind of Yeezus and stuff coming out, and then Life of Pablo comes out when you're kind of halfway through, and then 
yay and stuff kind of comes out towards the tail end it's quite a good period to kind of grow up with that's it. sort of uh that's where uh, you lost me I'm, I'm significantly i guess i'm a bit older um but i guess i, I if, if i'm anywhere in the Kanye realm it's the old Kanye realm uh the yeah Slightly less popping, kind of more. He's got the beat, and then he's kind of going over the top of it. Yeah, I, although was life life Pablo, I think was good. That was right, but that was because he was getting back to the old. He even had a wee rap. It was the the. the I, I like <laughs> the, the old Kanye. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. I hate the new Kanye. Yeah, <laughs> the bad mood Kanye. Something, something Kanye. Yeah, <laughs> the old Kanye, the cop, the soul Kanye, and I'm like, I, I really like that because I, I was listening to that. I was like, yeah, that's that's me. I like I like that. I like the fucking. When he did all the cop soul stuff and that that's cool, but then um, you know I'm not, I'm not really. I'm, I think that was a freestyle as well, wasn't it? Maybe I mean he's, he's definitely fucking talented. He's definitely completely off as not uh, a genius and also um, uh, arguably a fucking idiot. <laughs> all of those three things at once. <laughs> Do you need all three to be creative? Well, uh, yes, maybe. I mean, uh, yeah, I, 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 I would def- definitely call myself an idiot. And uh, an artist. <laughs> I don't know if I, <laughs> I don't know if I can call myself a genius. <laughs> That's not for me. We were actually speaking about on the first point there. We were speaking about this on the podcast the other day, where in every creative pursuit, there's almost like an element of self-delusion. Like in order to think that you're going to be one of the people who has a chance of having some success with this, you have to kind of. I don't know. Fake it until you make it. It's that whole idea, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. That's true. Although it's hard to really judge because I, I feel like I'm at a point where I'm, uh, I've got so much of my identity wrapped up in uh, uh, this daft wee musical project that it's now intertwined, and uh, I've confused it, and and they're they're inexorably linked forever <laughs> <laughs> so i i don't i i the the line of, of faking it and, and making it has become so blurred that i don't even know i don't even know what's real and who i am and what year is it and who's the president does that not make your music more honest though i i don't know don't know anymore <laughs> um, <laughs> nah, i mean definitely one of the interesting thoughts i've had and i've got a song about this as well that sort of thought is like Hmm. Okay. So people like that song. Hmm. Okay. We got. We got. We got some mod- modest, good success out of that. That that song. Uh, so maybe I should just make all my songs absolutely fucking raj daft songs. <laughs> hmm. Is that maybe that's who I am? Maybe that's what I'm supposed to do. Uh, right. So that's there's definitely there's definitely an element of that in there. Like uh, you questioned. Okay. So accidentally leverage too much of yourself on the on you know the whether certain works you've done have been well received or not you know <laughs> so yeah maybe, maybe i'll just make all all my songs from now on will be about wrestlers because everyone liked that one <laughs> you know <laughs> that's that's the vibe but i would argue that what you have taken from that song is the idea of continuing what you're trying to say into the music video yeah that was largely in part responsible for why that song took off, and that's a very positive aspect that you've taken and kind of continued with your work. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, you know, uh, that's that's a very important song. I, I definitely still like it a lot, and uh, it's an important song as well. It's an important song uh, as an instance of of fun and having a good time and and not being serious. Uh, and that's I think that's an intrinsically important part of life too. So even even uh, even though it's not necessarily about any sort of super deep gnarly shit. It kind of is because that light-hearted fun 
is uh, v vastly important and perhaps more important than any other really consideration is just fucking having some fun. So yeah, I'm sticking with it. Like it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.